Hi ladies, welcome back to another episode of Shht Podcast. February, this tends to happen a lot. Either you hook up or you break up, I don't know why. So we're rounding off the month of love with hookups and breakups. And I feel like I have a lot of stories to share because I... The last time I was in a serious relationship was quite a while back and um, I've had my fair share of hookups um, and not that many breakups, but the breakups that I did have, they were pretty bad. So I'm excited to share my tragic stories with you. <laughs> oh, same. And uh, it's like we just have, we have the worst luck. Like we always... We know how to pick them, you know. So um, let's start off with some of yours. Do you want to start with some hookups or breakups? I think let me start with hookup stories because that's a bit more lighthearted and funny to share, I feel like. <laughs> the most recent story it's not even a hookup. It doesn't even get to that point. So I was talking to this guy um, while I was in Bali and we decided that we would meet up when I got back. And um, he seemed very nice. We got along very well. And then when I got back, um, I kind of chickened out of meeting him because he was like, oh no, you'll come get me at the airport and then we can have a date and he'll take me home. And um, the only knows. Yeah, the only knows. I'm very. I don't want people to like know where I live until I really know them. I hate. I hate giving strangers that information. Like, don't come to my house. Don't come pick me up for a date. Just don't. So he was like, "No, I'll get you. I'll pick you up from the airport, and then I'll take you home, and then we can do like a little date at home." And um, so last minute, I kind of chickened out and I was like no this is weird and then when I got back um he was like yeah we should meet up but unfortunately he hasn't been paid yet so what we can do is we can meet up and then I can pay for the drinks and then if the date goes well he'll pay for the second date and then if it doesn't go well he'll just EFT his share of the bill with me like <laughs> who does that <laughs> like honestly I, I don't mind i don't mind paying at all i'm fine with that but that offer was like are you are you kidding me who does that oh it came across i remember when you told me and it came across as this guy who's just kind of trying to pick up women on um was it tinder that time Mm-hmm. Um, trying to pick up women on Tinder, you know, to get free drinks. So, I mean, all you have to do is like go on one date. So there's no obligation after that one day to actually pay the money back. So for me, it was just so sketchy. Like how many girls actually fall for this and how many free dates, you know, does he actually get to go on? <laughs> That's true. But in his defense, I know, like there's been a lot of stories where guys would be like girls only go on dates to get free dinners like there's been 
like I've read an article about a woman that she has a new day like almost every day of the week so that she doesn't have to pay for dinner so she saves a lot of money on food because she has a date every night so she goes out for dinner and obviously the guy's like oh no I'll pay so she's like okay cool free meal every night you know (laughs) I suppose that's true I can I can totally see that yeah like I know I was talking to a guy a while back and um I say a while back it was just before Valentine's Day and we just started talking and he was like you know I really want to go on a date with you I really want to meet you but can we please not do it on Valentine's Day because he doesn't want that pressure on him and I was like that makes sense because a lot of women you know like we said before in the previous episode or in our Valentine's episode, like there are women out there that have these crazy expectations and he was just like, no, please, I can't. Let's not meet on Valentine's Day. I don't want that. And it it made sense because I know, you know, women do expect crazy things. So it was like from the start, it's like, no, we, we can't do that. Please. <laughs> get that I mean that's fair enough especially if it's like your first date and now you know, not only are you kind of I, I know men kind of feel obligated to pay for the first date um we don't really feel that way I think we can discuss that a little you know a little bit later on but not only is he paying for this first date but it's kind of expected in air quotations what do you call this um but you know it's kind of expected to be like this grand gesture so not only is the first date that he has to pay for but it's like this massive thing so i totally get i get that um i feel that Mm -hmm. that's okay compared to this guy who wants to you know have free drinks i can't that though but it it is sketchy because we're not used to that dynamic like if i had to go on a first date and something you know happened he lost his wallet or whatever i would probably pay for it as well but i wouldn't pre-arrange it it's like saying you know when i go on a first date i'd offer to pay half the bill you know i'll offer to pay my share of it um but it's not like a premeditated thing you don't go on this date saying okay well you know i am going to pay half or you have to pay the full thing. It's it's kind of something you discuss at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's the way that's I feel. Yeah, the thing with with me and I, you actually mentioned it to me as well. Like, I've I've never met the guy before, and now he wants to pick me up from the airport after coming back from like my vacation. So he, I want a complete stranger to pick me up and then take me home and then have drinks with him. So it's, <laughs> the whole situation just felt very dodgy. And I think that's why the last minute I was like, oh no, this, this isn't gonna work. I don't wanna do that. Cause it's weird. It's so creepy. Like It is. And at the time we also thought that your flight was going to land uh, like really late. It was like 10 or 11 mm. at night. And a stranger wants to pick you up at that time. And I was like, well, you seriously have to sit and think about this, you know? like almost midnight you're getting into a car with a stranger um yeah for me that's red flag so yeah i'm, I'm actually glad yeah. he's getting out yeah me too <laughs> and uh, he turned out to be kind of an asshole so 
I also yeah. want to mention, because you said this, and this is a conversation we've had a lot, especially with our mom. It's the first day thing. So our mom is the proper old school, you know, if you go on a date, he needs to pick you up and you go out and drops you off and, you know, the, the, the old school, I don't want to say old school, but the old way of doing things. But for me, that is a massive no-no, like Ilona said. Um, you don't know this person. We live in a totally different world. Why would you want to, you know, give them your address? I would rather, and also if they pick you up, you can't really run away from your date. So if you mm-hmm. own car, you get yourself to wherever the date's going to be, then if something happens or it's like horrible, or even if it's good, at the end of the day, you can get in your car and you can drive away. Where if, if you mm-hmm. do have your own car or no way of getting away, I mean, that's very messed up. So I understand from the, uh, you know, gentlemanly or whatever perspective that, you know, our parents have, I understand that. But in the day and age where we live, I just, uh, yeah, it, it's dodge. It's dodge to have strangers know your address. That's true. And I, I, I feel very strongly about, and I still have little arguments with my parents, or our parents. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's weird to, especially because I feel like in the olden days, when you met someone, you met them in person and then you arranged a date in person so when they pick you up from your house or whatever then you've already seen them so now i'm meeting people on tinder or bumble and then this complete internet stranger now wants to come to my house and take me away in his car to a restaurant that i don't know so yeah, I'm definitely not for that. And especially because my first, my very first Tinder date, he was nice enough. Um, but like, even before we went on a date, he was like, oh no, I'll bring you coffee to your workplace. Like, where do you work? Like, that's fine. Yeah, exactly. So he was like willing to drive to my workplace during work hours and bring me coffee so that we can just chill and have a chat over coffee. and. That is so weird. And now you tell him, like, oh, yeah, I live here. And then it just randomly pitches up. Like, wow. that, is, that is very weird. Same with I have a friend. She went on a date with a guy. And he was like, oh, no, I'll be a gentleman. And I'll pick you up from, like, your place. And he did. And they went on a date. And it was great. And... um they went on a couple more dates and eventually she was like, oh no, this isn't really for her. He's not really her type. Um, she'd prefer to be just friends. And then he was like, oh no, I don't want to be just friends. I want to be more than friends. And then she's like, okay, well, then I'm not interested. Please don't contact me again. And then, so they had that conversation. And then like an hour later, he pitches up at her gate and he's like, Oh, Hey, I'm outside. Like, please open up so that we can talk this over because I don't want this to end and stuff. So, and so, and that is exactly why I feel like just don't, just don't, I don't want you. And also another thing that I, what, that I feel like I really love my family. And I think we are really cool people. We're very chilled and we're very funny. 
So I feel kind of like I don't want you to meet my parents or my family on like our first meeting or even our second meeting because you don't have the right yet. You don't have, <laughs> you don't have the honor of meeting them yet. Which <laughs> uh, is a little bit silly, but that's how I feel. I feel like I don't want you I don't want to introduce a stranger to my family. You don't deserve that yet. <laughs> I like that. I never actually knew that you thought of it that way. For me, it's always a thing of, you know, are they mentally prepared to meet my family? Because <laughs> we are cool and we are super chill, but we have this sense of humor that a lot of people don't get. So I'm always like, well, you know, I have to be sure of this person because um, mentally they have to survive this. <laughs> that is true. We are quite a unique bunch. <laughs> Do you have any hookup horrors that you can share with us? I actually don't. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I have another one, and it's a. I want to say it's an ongoing one, but it kind of ended a while back. Um, so after I got out of my eight-year relationship, I kind of started hooking up with a guy that I knew for quite a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> so we started, we started a thing and, um, it was great. Cause at first I was like, I liked this guy for a really long time. So at the start I was like, Oh, we're going to be in love and stuff. And then wasn't that at all um <laughs> I not at all <laughs> yeah so now like once a year we'll catch up and he'll be like oh how's it going and I'm like no it's fine and then we catch up about whatever happened the last six months and then he'll be like do you want to come over <laughs> and a couple of years back my reply was yeah sure so, but um, now, like, even, it, it was in this week, actually, he messaged me again. And um, he's like, oh, how's it going? How's work? Blah, blah, blah. You know, small talk. And um, by this point, I know that he never messages just to catch up. Like, he doesn't do that, let's be honest. Mm. And um, I was like, so, so what's up? Like, you know, I know you're going to proposition me for a hookup, so just, just get it over with and he's like yeah um not that age matches but he is turning 31 this year and he's like yeah he met this really cool chick on bumble and she's um 19 and she's like super into bdsm and um i was like oh well that's really nice for you i'm very happy for you great why are you telling me this and he's like oh no he was just wondering if i'm interested in participating with them sometime and um i was like yeah and i was like um sorry what and he's like yeah she's like super submissive and um they want to know if i want to join them as a second dom like a second dominant for their bdsm i was like mm, no Thank you, though, I, I guess, for the for thinking of me. <laughs> but no, no, I don't. 
<laughs> so yeah, so that happened. <laughs> I actually have, oh, I mean, I've never been propositioned for a threesome, but I recently mm -hmm. found out, um, remember a while ago, I was in touch with this guy who was supposed to help me, um, sort out stuff for courts. Uh, so he wasn't like a lawyer, but he did some stuff, whatever. So that guy, he started a bit, it was a bit flirty-ish kind of vibe. And then to kind of avoid it, I introduced him to um, a friend, you know, and they were chatting for a while. Um, but then like, I think it was like a month or so, they like just kind of cut it off. And um, she never really said anything about it, but then her mom kind of made a comment that um, maybe he's a swinger or something like that. So she wasn't into that whole vibe. So she just cut, you know, cut the ties, she let him go. And I was like, okay, well, you know, fair enough. I don't know anything about him. Um, he was just supposed to help me with some documents. Um, but then, I, was it last week or the week before that? I actually had a conversation with her and it came out that he told her that um, they were just kind of getting into this whole thing. And then he said to her, your, his biggest fantasy is to have a threesome with her and me. And um, yeah, apparently that's why they cut it off. So I've never been propositioned for that position, but apparently I've been a candidate. Um, <laughs> That's the closest I've ever gotten. I mean, he didn't speak a word about it to me. No one said something. I mean, that's uh, about a year ago already. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, I, I don't want to say I was shocked because he was very flirty and stuff with me. So I just kind of mm -hmm. ignored it, kind of pretended not to notice. And, you know, so, mm. um, but yeah, I think that's the closest I'll get to a creepy hookup. <laughs> Oh, you're so lucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, I spoke to a guy a couple of weeks ago, I think just at the end of January, and he had like this really nice bio, and I was like, oh, well, this guy seems really cool. So we matched, and his first message, he was like, okay, I'm going to be serious. I'm not here for relationships. I am literally just here to hook up. So if you want to, let me know and then we can do this. And I was like, uh, okay, cool. At least he's honest. I was like, you know what? I'm not really into that. I'm not looking for like a casual relationship or hooking up. Um, thank you for <laughs> considering me i guess and um good luck <laughs> and i was like oh cool no thank you bye and i mean i'm matched <laughs> so it's like it's so crazy to think there's people out there just like okay cool let's hook up and then do people actually reply and say okay cool win like does that happen it must like, i'm sure it must because they're out there yeah. then uh, it also makes me think of that guy you sent me his profile on whatsapp where he's like this, whatever, I think it was a police officer or something, and he's like all about mm -hmm. living on the edge and what 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 And like that last little line on his bio said, Yo, um, you know, all I'm looking for is a girl with a grotita or something like that. So mm. like, what? <laughs> That's true. Like, oh, really? Come on, guy. 
I, I see a lot of profiles where it's like a guy and it's just his torso, like just his six pack. And then it's like, oh, ladies, you know, I have a really big dick. You know, like they'll just say it. Like you, you don't see their face, but they're like, yeah, I'm hung like a horse. I'm like, cool. Like are they, do people swipe right for that? Is that, is that a thing? Like, <laughs> I can't, I can't imagine a woman sitting there going, hmm, that's a nice pair of abs. And he says he's gifted down below. So, yeah, I'll swipe. You know, does that happen? Is that a thing? He's obviously marriage material. So let me just get on with it. Right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. goodness. So weird. I'm so yeah, do the online dating thing like I, I just oh, yes. I listen to all of your horror stories and I'm like I'm just like oh my goodness I'm so glad that's not me no offense I'm taken <laughs> I wouldn't wish that upon anyone like ladies if you if you are in a relationship thank the heavens because oh my word the dating pool is it's um it's something I tell you <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I feel like the older I get, because I know you have a much younger partner. We covered that in our second episode, but I can't, like, I just can't go for younger guys. It's like a mental block that I have. Um, I definitely recommend you listen to our episode number two about age gaps, but I can't. Like for me. A year younger, fine. Anything more than that, no. And then I think you told me, like, if you meet a guy in his 30s that's never been married or doesn't have kids, then you ha really have to ask why, you know? And not just married, but, you know, a serious relationship. There should be some background or some baggage there. Um, I yeah. always find it suspicious I mean obviously there are people who focus on the careers and stuff I mean I can understand that but majority let's say 90% of men and women by the time they're in the 30s they have some baggage whether it's a previous marriage or children or a very serious mm -hmm. relationship and I always just wonder you know if they don't have that if they have no baggage why is it you know I find it suspicious mm -hmm. That's true. And I feel like that's kind of a lot of the guys that I, cause I'm still doing the online dating thing. And I feel like <laughs> I meet a lot of those guys because I prefer either guys my age or a bit older. So like up until 35 is commonly who I talk to. And I've met quite a few guys that like no serious relationships or never married, no, no kids, no divorce, whatever. Why? <laughs> like, why? Has, I, don't, I don't get it. I feel if he has the career or, you know, the education or whatever to back it up, you know, if he could say, you know, I'm a 31-year-old doctor, you know, who's worked in Uganda or whatever, a lawyer in a law firm, you know, he's made partner by the time he was 35. So if you kind of have the career to back it up, then yes, obviously, you have focused all of your time and energy into your career, which is fine. Mm. But if they don't even have that to back it up, you know, mm. for me, it's a red flag. Maybe it's not. Maybe they just, I don't mm. know, 
they woke up one day and decided to go, well, I'm ready to, you know, have that relationship. But for me, it's just a red flag. I, it's, it's just, mm-hmm. maybe it's yeah. not for me, it's suspicious. <laughs> I agree. I think, I mean, I'm, everybody has their own journey that they're on, but it is, I agree, it is a bit yeah. suspicious. Mm-hmm. And um, the point I was trying to make actually was, it's not fun dating. Don't do it if you don't have to. <laughs> Especially online dating. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> but then again, breakups. Ugh. And I think that's something that we can really actually talk about. Like dating dating is a horror, but breakups can be something else. That's a whole different kind of and active how to go through it is it is and um i have bad experiences you have plenty of bad experiences Mm -hmm. i feel um ladies if you're listening to this i'm sure you also have a breakup horror story so feel free to share that with us um i just want to mention before we head into the breakup um we actually had a lady who sent us an inbox today on facebook after listening to our sex episode and she said, well, you know, she was so glad that we did that episode because she could, she related with us like on all the levels and she really enjoyed it. And um, I think that's why we choose, uh, you know, the topics that we choose because, yeah, we can all relate to the sex episode we had. But then I'm sure a lot of you have a lot of breakup stories that we'd actually be really interested in hearing. So, Mm-hmm. Like, you can kick off one of yours because I only have like one really bad one. So then we can juggle the rest of yours. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I actually only have like, I haven't been in a lot of serious relationships, basically just two. Um, so I'll start off with the most recent one, um, which is actually kind of, I, I feel a little bit awkward talking about it because the circumstances in which I had the relationship is a bit of a foreign concept for a lot of people. Um, so I was in a long distance relationship with a guy who lives in Germany and, um, we really hit it off and we like started talking as friends, obviously. And, um, then we decided to get into a relationship and, it didn't turn out well because he was like a bit of an asshole. <laughs> um, I mean, he was great. He's, he's actually, he's a really good guy, but he's really not a good boyfriend. Um, so sorry. I, I feel like I always bring up my Bali trip, but that is like a milestone in which I can compare stuff now. So <laughs> when I went on my Bali trip, I told him that on my way back home, Um, I could make a detour and then go to Germany and then we could meet and be together for like a week. And um, he basically told me, no, like I, he can't, he, it's not the right time. I just need to give him time. And I was like, bitch, how much time do you need? Like we've been dating for like a year and a half. Um, you always say we're going to meet and whatever. And now I finally have the opportunity to do so. And you're just like, uh, no, you can't. It's not convenient for you. And um, Sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, mm-hmm. but 
We just have to be very clear that you've been dating for a year and a half and you've never actually met. So, I mean, if mm-hmm. you love and in a serious, committed relationship for a year and a half, I'm pretty sure you would want to meet that person in person. Exactly. So, That's I, what I thought. Yeah, exactly. I just wanted to make that. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and I mean, we, we've talked about meeting a lot, like a lot. He was always like, yeah, he he's saving money and he really wants that and he really wants to be with me and whatever. And um, for all those thinking, oh, it's a catfish. Like, no, he is who he is. Like, <laughs> at least I know that. Like, we had Skype calls and stuff. Although I do have an interesting theory that he might be engaged. But that is a different story for a different episode. <laughs> so, anyway, so that happened. And he's like, no, I, 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 he doesn't want me to come visit him. And I was obviously heartbroken because it would have cost him nothing like not even time or money or anything to meet me and he was just like no we it's not convenient for him so we broke up I was like you know what you're clearly not serious about this I can't do it like we don't have Skype calls a lot because he can't he doesn't have the time we don't do movie nights we don't date nights I can't phone him when I'm feeling sad because it's never convenient for him so I was like I can't I can't do it and um, then we had like a whole conversation and breakup and whatever. And then like two days later, he's like, hey, babe, how are you doing? I hope you have a great day. And um, that was last year, September, that we broke up. And he still does that. He'll still message me and say, oh, I love you and I miss you. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> cool, I guess. So I feel like he is in total denial and I'm just like, what? <laughs> We're not even together. Like, please stop. And like, one, of the, one of the biggest issues for you um, was that he didn't really make time. So in the morning she would send a message and stuff. So he wouldn't make time for you. And then the mm-hmm. moment you broke it off with him, that's when he started putting in the effort. So even if he didn't exactly. meet you in Germany, um, he could have just changed the habit of actually giving you some attention mm-hmm. and he didn't do that until you broke up with him. Like that's the most mind blowing thing. Like mm-hmm. why, why when it's over, you want to be sweet and send the messages and share the love. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. And that's the thing for me. And I, I'll, when I get to my second breakup or actually my first breakup, the worst one, Um, The thing is for me, when I break up with you, like, I'm pretty sure that's what I want. Like, I give you a lot of chances to fix stuff before there's a breakup. Like, it really takes a lot for me to get to that point. And um, so then when he started giving me attention and then he started wanting to call me and FaceTime and stuff. And I was just like, you know, you had the opportunity to do that. And you were just like, oh, well, she's not going to leave me, so I'm not going to give a shit. And then I did, and then he was like, oh, no, no, let me do everything now. Let me be a good boyfriend now. But it's too late. It's it's, it's done. Um, but, yeah, I still get the occasional message from him, and I'm like, please stop. Just, just stop. Please. <laughs> so, yeah, that is like a... He has like serious breakup denial, and that was back in September, I think, or October. 
I can't remember when we broke up, but yeah. <laughs> so that's great. Luckily, he lives in Germany, so and he clearly has no he has no intentions of muting me. So. <laughs> He can't, he can't end up on your driveway or doorstep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, I only have one really bad breakup, and um, that's obviously with my ex and uh, the father of my child. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but that's a really and it took me a long time to realize and i know when i say it now it sounds like i'm some bitter ex-girlfriend or whatever but there was like a proper perfect example of a narcissist not an example he was a narcissist um so yeah it was it was difficult to break up with him it, it was not just because, you know, the gaslighting and the fights and the, I feel sorry for myself. So you, not, mm. it actually took a long time. I mean, from when I first told him, like, listen, I think this is it. This is the end. We up and down and roller coasted for another year and a half, maybe two years. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't until he actually met someone else to like parasite himself onto that he finally mm. let me go. Um, but yeah, way back then, I think with narcissists, and I know there's a lot of ladies dealing with this as well. Um, I'm in a lot of Facebook groups, um, you know, like mom groups. And this is actually a pretty common topic of stuff that comes up. And people don't realize living with a narcissist or, you know, dealing with that type of relationship it's mental and emotional abuse and uh but anyway we'll do maybe do an episode on the psychology behind stuff like that Mm -hmm. um breaking up it was a couple of years ago 2016 was the first time um because we were living in the flat and uh the flat like I got pregnant and I was still studying and um, well, so we only had his income. So my mom, um, she kind of rented out her flat to us. Um, But anyway, so in 2016, um, I decided that it was time to end it. And um, I told him the one night, you know, we sat down, I said to him, listen, I can't do this anymore. I think it's over and you need to pack your stuff and go. And he refused to move out. Like we had the same exact conversation every single night for two weeks and he just refused to move out. So, I mean, I suppose you can phone the police, but then mm-hmm. I don't know how serious, cause there's no, there's, there wasn't any abuse or anything like, um, mm-hmm. narcissists, they would treat you really well, um, to kind of, you know, suit their means. So, um, mm-hmm couldn't go to the police and say, okay, well, this is an abusive relationship or there wasn't any evidence. So I kind of just didn't do it. But then eventually, I think it took like three weeks, he moved out finally and he took everything with him. And I mean, mm-hmm. every, uh, and I still had Liam, how old, he was about four, maybe three. Mm-hmm. three 
And he left us with one single bed for Liam to sleep in, a fridge, and all the cutlery and crockery. So I had glasses and plates and stuff. I had a fridge and I had a single bed. So that is what I had. He took everything else. Um, then that was okay. I decided to move back in with um, our parents uh, because obviously I didn't have a lot of stuff. So I moved. Mm-hmm. And then he finally found his own place and we went up and down from there. Like he refused to sign papers to allow Liam to go to school in Santon where I was staying at that time and he was in Benoni. Um, so he said, you know, Liam just needs to finish the year in Benoni and then he'll put him, you know, he'll sign the papers to start January in a new um, preschool. And he never did. So I was, constantly driving up and down, working and living in Santon with my son, you know, on his side in Benoni to finish school. And then it was Mm -hmm. a whole year of that. And every time I said, okay, well, listen, it's time, you know, um, either you sign the papers and I move him to school in Santon or I will move to Benoni. I will get my own place. I will move here. We keep him in the school because he was in a really good um, kindergarten. And he would be like, no, 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 but, you know, for Liam's sake, we need to at least live in the same house and we need to try and make this work and story, story, story for over a year. You know, it's impossible to have a, like a normal conversation or a a debate about what's going on with a narcissist. Like they don't listen to anything you say. They would listen for little bullets that they could use as ammunition, you know, so you would say, Mm -hmm. I feel this way. So let me do this kind of as a solution to our problem. And he would like nitpick little things that I said, and he would use it as ammunition the whole time. It was Mm -hmm. emotionally draining to, to deal with this person. And Mm -hmm. then, got so bad and I think you might remember from um you know when we finally went when we cut everything off and we went to court and all that I had panic attacks when I had to deal with him and that is from like two years of trying to get rid of him I'm finally rid of him but I still get panic attacks when I go to court to try and get rid of him so Mm -hmm. uh, it it is a emotionally oh it fucks you up. It really fucks you up. Mm-hmm. And it took me, I think, a, another year after we did the whole court thing and we officially split up and, you know, we have the two separate households. It took me probably another year to not have that anxiety. Even, not mm-hmm. even just seeing him in person, you know, um, having to SMS him or WhatsApp him or phone him. It You go into a full panic like this anxiety attack mode hmm. it took me another year to to kind of get over that to get to a space where i could say you know if there is conflict i can resolve it now you know i can stand up to you and not be intimidated and you know have my say so yeah hmm. it, it messes you up so that that's my one and i feel like i only really needed that one because anything hmm. that's uh I probably would like have a heart attack or something. <laughs> yeah, that's enough drama for a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, and it's worse because I feel like 
you have broken up now and everything, but you still have to deal with him because of Liam, because of your son. So you always, he's, it's such a sad thing to think about, but he'll always kind of be a part of your life. Always. And, uh, and the thing is, with, there's always problems. Like, I think, I don't know, I'm not a psychologist, but I, I really think it's because he's a narcissist that we still struggle. Like, it's been two years. And there are still things we struggle with. Um, like most choices are made out of spite and bitterness. And but you know, I'm not the one who you walk. Well, I mean, originally I did walk out. I was tired of it. But when he said, you know, let's try and make this work, I actually tried. You know, I put myself on the back burner. I sacrificed everything for what I had hoped was in the best interest of Liam. Um, and he still fucked around and he, at the end of the day, he got his new girlfriend and then that was kind of it. So she was actually blessed mm -hmm. in disguise, but I mean, it's been two years, two and a half years and you still have to deal with that. And then I'm like, but mm -hmm. I've moved on, you've moved on. I don't get the flipping issue. So, mm -hmm. and yeah, I don't know. It, it's. It's overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, some people just live for the drama, and I don't get that. Like, ugh, drama, why? Like, it's so unnecessary. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, but I'm very happy that you got out of it. Oh. He was not a great guy. <laughs> no. It took me it took me a long time but at least mm -hmm. at least i'm out but yeah i'm a slow learner it took me <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true i feel like <laughs> ptsd after a pretty bad breakup is a thing <laughs> oh it should be if it's not but i'm pretty sure it is i mean if you look at my breakup I mean that that's it's trauma it really was and like i said it took mm -hmm. me like a year to get over that anxiety and that trauma of just mm -hmm. dealing with him so i'm sure it is I'll, yeah we should like email a psychologist and ask them but i'm sure it is <laughs> <laughs> get a professional opinion <laughs> yeah i know with for me at least um like I said, I've only really been in two serious relationships. Um, but my first breakup was, sure, it uh, really set the, the bar high for breakups that go bad. <laughs> but with, with the kind of person that I am, I tend to overthink things and I usually end up thinking up all like, all the worst case scenarios like i i fixate on what could go wrong like what is the worst thing that could possibly happen in this situation and then i obsess about it and then i kind of forget that hey it could be fine but that's not me so i always go to worst case scenario so when i decided to break up with my boyfriend of eight years almost eight years I just have to say before I continue, my timing for the breakup was impeccable. 
although completely unplanned, we were together for exactly seven years, seven months, and seven days. So, <laughs> and that happened by accident. But for me, maybe it was a sign. Who knows? <laughs> you know, um, yeah. it's like the lucky number. <laughs> well, it's lucky for me because I got out. <laughs> That's so mean. <laughs> but yeah, so um, when I decided to finally end things, because I, I really thought about it for like probably three years, like three years, I was like, I have to end it. It's not working. I just have to do it. I have to end it. And I, I think I told you about it. I told my mom about it. I'm like, this isn't working. I need to get out. But I never did. Because I was like, you know, we've been together for like four years and then it was five years and then it was six years. And I was like, ooh, this is getting crazy. Like, how do you break up now? We were living together. We had a dog together. I mean, I've known him since like primary school. So we've known each other a long time and our families kind of integrated. Like I was really close with his mom and Diary and his sister, they were friends. Well, they are friends. Um, so it, it was weird. It was like we were really intertwined in like every way. We were basically a married couple. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so I was like every year I was like, oh, no, this is the year. Like, And it's not even bad. Like we didn't have an abusive relationship. Like a lot of people said that we had such a good relationship, like superficially we were like a really good couple. Um, but I think what happened is we kind of just grew apart. Um, we started dating when I was still in high school and he was just out of high school. And it kind of, we just kind of grew apart. Or well, I grew apart. I don't know. <laughs> I take full responsibility for everything that went wrong in the relationship. Although I tra tried very hard to make it work. Um, anyway, so I tried to break up with him for like three or four years. And then in 2017, he started saying like, oh yeah, like he really wants to get married and he really wants us to get engaged. So in 2018, he wants us to get engaged and then get married as soon as possible and have kids. And I was just like, <sighs> ending a relationship is one thing, but like ending a marriage, that is something else. So I was like, no, I had to get out before he got a ring and proposed and stuff. And um, it was now or never. <laughs> it was now or never. It was literally now or never. And um, so the one night we were kind of just sitting on the couch and he went through my emails and um, he saw that I had an email from a guy that I dated like years before I started dating him. And he was always very insecure about this guy. And um, he saw I had an email from him and I was like, oh, why is he emailing you and stuff? And I was like, you know, it, it's nothing weird. I'm not cheating on you. So if you want to, just read the email. Like, just do it. I don't care. I'm not hiding anything. Um, but then I was like, you know what? This is, this is my opportunity. And so I was like, yeah, you can read it. But first, I think we should break up. And <laughs> which was probably not the best delivery, but... <laughs> I figured, you know, stop beating around the bush. Just just do it. And um, so, yeah, obviously we had to have the whole, but why? Like, 
now. So we did that. And um, I decided, you know what, because we, oh, I, I'm really, like this story doesn't paint me as a good person, <laughs> but um, we moved into a new place together because we had been living together, but then we moved into a new place and we'd been there for two months, three months in a brand new place that was really pretty and perfect and everything. So after two months of living together, I was like, bye, I'm done. Oh, so I told him. <laughs> I don't want to make this worse, but wasn't it like right before his birthday as well? <laughs> it was a week before his birthday. <laughs> I think <laughs> about about a week. We broke up on the fifteenth, and his birthday was the twenty second. No, the twenty first. So it was just about a week. <laughs> like I said, the timing wasn't great. <laughs> I'm such an asshole. I I I realized that, but I promise it was a good thing for me. <laughs> and um, so yeah, so we, I broke up with him the night and I was like you know what you don't have to move out I'll I'll move out because we lived like right around the corner from our parents so I was like you know it's fine um I'll move out I'll come get my stuff later and um so I left and obviously he was sad and he tried he called me like when I got to my parents house and we kind of had a chat and what a what and um eventually I very stupidly told him that he could keep everything that we owned together, like everything. Uh, ladies, don't do that. Because I was, I felt bad. Because I was like, you know, I broke this guy's heart, like out of nowhere, well, seemingly out of nowhere. Um, so I felt bad. I was like, you know, I am being a bitch. <laughs> um. So I was like, you know, I'm not going to, I don't want, I want this breakup to be as comfortable as possible for him. So I was like, you know, just, just take everything. I just want out. Um, you can have everything. You can have our dog. You can have my PlayStation. You can have all our furniture. Everything is yours. I just don't want to be with you anymore. Like I want to just remove myself and like my clothes out of this picture. <laughs> And, um, which is really stupid. Don't do that. Cause now I have nothing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we broke up and I moved out and he was, I think it's safe to say in denial, maybe. Cause he was like phoning me and he was very really sad and he was like, no, we can still make this work. And he really wants this to work. And I was like, no, if you wanted it to work, he would have like we we could have worked on it while we were together and i told you that we are we were having issues so i was like no yeah had like seven years to work on it <laughs> exactly so i was like you know i i it's not like you didn't have any chances and i was done i was like i'm i'm done for for reals done um so yeah like i said when yeah i was done and um then things because uh, I was like okay cool it's fine we're gonna break up and it'll probably be bad but I know him and it'll be fine and he'll be sad but it'll be fine <sighs> remember how I said I always picture worst case scenario yeah 
that is literally what this breakup was. It was, ugh, you can ask Diarity, it was bad. Like, all the bad things that you can possibly imagine happened. Like, he would call me crying and, like, he'd send me a message and he'd say, oh, I saw a silver Ford. Was it you? Like, no, it wasn't. Why are you, why are you driving around looking for my car and stuff like that? And it was very weird. Shame. He even mm. sent me, like, crying voice notes. Shame. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> it was really bad. And I, I sound like such a bitch, but... <laughs> Yeah, it's not. It's not like he didn't know what was. Well, obviously he didn't know what was coming, but it's not like I didn't tell him that there was something wrong, and then it was a surprise for him. I feel like I don't know why he was surprised because I was very honest about my feelings and stuff. And um, but yeah, then it. I think, yeah. So it was a lot of crying on his part, and like. <laughs> Like Daddy said, I broke up with him a week before his birthday. And um, for his birthday, he was like, please, can we go out for like a drink? And um, I was like, you know, it, it's the least I could do. I think I was very nice to him after our breakup and I should not have done that. I should have just blocked him and ignored him completely. But I felt so bad because, I mean, he's not a bad guy. He's really, a, he's a really, really nice guy. He just wasn't the one for me. Mm. Um, so it's not like I hated him he, it wasn't an abusive relationship it's, it was a great relationship we just didn't fit together anymore um, so for his birthday we went out and everything was fine it was a bit awkward obviously because I just broke his heart <laughs> and um, like almost at the end he's like oh so um, where were you last night and I was like, uh, that's a very weird question to ask. And I was like, oh, no, I was at a friend's place. Also known as the hookup I talked about earlier about the guy that... Um, BDSM guy. Yes, that guy. So I was at his house. <laughs> um, yeah. Great, great story. I'm, I'm really painting myself in a great light here. But anyway, <laughs> so I was like, oh, no, I was at a friend's place. And he's like, oh, do I know the friend? And I'm like... Um, no you don't really and he's like oh yeah because i saw on find my friends that i was at someone's i stayed over at someone's house and he doesn't know who it is so he just wants to know who it is so he was tracking my whereabouts like on iphone with the find my friend thing so he was like tracking where i was going for like a week ah <sighs> That is so creepy. I was like, who does that? That is so weird. Like, disable that shit now. Like, I'm not okay with that. That is very weird. So weird. Yeah. So I was like, please. If he didn't actually mention it at that time, I mean, how long would he probably have kind of stalked you without you realizing? Exactly. So I was like, well, I'm glad he brought it up, but also, what the actual fuck? (laughs) And, um, um so things kind of just went downhill from there um he'd call me like every day crying and he can't go on without me and at some point like at one point he said like um he'll pay for me to go see a therapist um because he knows that I'm depressed and stuff and then maybe if I 
sort out my feelings, then, you know, we could get back together and stuff. And I was like, screw you, guy. I don't break up with you because of issues. Like, I just don't want to be with you. Like, <laughs> how dare you? Uh, how dare you? Like, I was so offended by that. And um, I think the final straw for me for our breakup was um, in 2018, in February, um, we lost two family members. That was quite... It was quite a shock. Um, on the 9th, my stepbrother passed away very unexpectedly. And then 10 days later, my grandfather passed away. Uh, our grandfather passed away. <laughs> and um, But just after my stepbrother passed away, I think it was like the day after or like two days after, he phoned me and he was like, you know what, he's really sad and he's very sad that I didn't invite him like he'd either I don't want him at the funeral and um, he told me like he is very sad and he wants to kill himself and I was like fuck you <laughs> like I don't know how to say it better like as we just had like a death in the family that was very shocking and very emotional and you want to tell me that you want to kill yourself like how dare you I was so angry and I, I feel like at that point I lost all respect for him. I was like, you know, because I was always giving him, not the benefit of the doubt, but I was always saying he is a good guy. He's such a nice guy. He's not a bad guy. Just because we broke up doesn't make him a villain or a bad guy. But at that point I was like, I am for real done. I can't. I thought that was the most selfish thing anyone could do. Like I am mourning the loss of a family member. And do it yourself. Yeah. And I was like, really? It's a breakup. We broke up. Like, calm yourself. It's, <laughs> I don't want to say it's not that bad, but. It's not the end of the we've world. We've been through it. Exactly. It's not. Exactly. And, I mean, everyone knows, because I think we've all had these conversations. Yes, it's sad. Yes, it breaks your heart. Yes, you have to adjust to a new kind of life. But it's not the end of the world. That mm -hmm. person was not your whole world. You are still a person. Mm -hmm. You're still able to function without that other person. Even though exactly. it might not feel like it. But good gracious. Like Lena said, we were close. Uh, like our families were kind of intertwined for a really long time since we were like children. So um, when Ilona wasn't kind of comforting him, he would be phoning me and, you know, or he'd come over and visit and stuff. And I love him. I love him to best like a brother. I mean, he's been my brother like before you guys started dating. So mm -hmm. I, until today, I love him so much. But it got to a point where I just kind of, avoided his calls you know mm -hmm. i understand you're in pain but it could be so much well, i don't want to say it could be worse but it's not the end of the world and i think that's the exact yeah. time that we kind of went through the court case and breakups and stuff mm -hmm. so I think that kind of happened simultaneously and i was like yeah i have to deal you know with i'm in court almost every day mm -hmm. trying fight for custody of my son you know and i understand that your heart is breaking but geez 
I mean, mm. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Like, and it, and it got annoying. Like, <laughs> it sounds so mean, but it's not like I died. That sounds so bad, but it's you know, not- we broke <laughs> up. Yes. Ugh, no. So that was that was my horror breakup, and I <laughs> still like with my next breakup like it, it's I was like what if that happens again what if it's like another worst case scenario breakup like I can't like it, it's bad it I'm sure a relationship like breakup PTSD is a thing <laughs> I'm sure it is <laughs> but talking about so I want to mention that as well um because I think this is a big thing um I don't know. You ladies can let us know on social media or via private message or whatever. But um, I'm sure we've all had to deal with the whole suicide, um, at, not not suicide attempt, but the attempt, you know, of getting you back by using suicide. Because with my ex as well, oh, he phoned me like five times and said, "Yo, you know." Um, he hopes that I'm happy because he's just about to kill himself or he would get into his car and he would like just drive recklessly and be like, you know, it's on you if I die. And it's bad. And I know kind of, we've, I, I kind of get the feeling, you know, people go to extremes, but for me, like you said, when he told you the whole uh, suicide thing, you were just like, you know, fuck you. Cause we did just lose someone mm-hmm. and we were going through stuff. But I felt like we lost our dad in 2005. So, you know, it's a long time ago. And um, that for me was also a thing. When he started with the whole, I'm going to commit suicide. For me, that is purely an attention thing. So Mm -hmm. I don't want to say, I wasn't as nice as you. You were still very nice when you guys broke up. I wasn't as nice. But then I do kind of indulge. You know, so if you want to phone me for an hour, you know, oh goodness, we all have that post breakup phone calls that last for like two hours and you just have mm-hmm. to like, shh, shh, shh. anyway, yeah, I would indulge that, you know, and the messages and in the phone calls and the show up at your doorstep, you know, it's fine. But when he started with the whole suicide thing, I was just like, you know what, it's not the end of the world, but if you feel like you mm-hmm. need to do this, it's not on me. So go ahead. You do your thing. It will not be on me. I didn't put, I don't know, the whatever in your hand. You know, I didn't give you poison. So mm-hmm. for me, that was also an immediate, that is not something that I indulge. Um, but that's, that's true. I feel like the same happened with me. Like when my ex told me that he wanted to commit suicide and I think he actually got to a point where he wanted to try, but then he like phoned his dad and his dad went to like stop him. I remember someone telling me something like that. Um, it sounds bad, but at, at no point did I ever feel it was my fault. Yeah. Um, if, if he had done it, it wouldn't have been my fault. Mm. Um, I don't feel like a breakup justifies someone doing that. Mm. And um, so like right after he told me that, like a lot of people, like my mom, our mom, she said, you know, if he does it, it's not on you. It's not your fault. And I was like, I know. Mm. 
it's not my fault. Like, I, I understand he's having a difficult time dealing with a breakup, but it's not my fault. I'm not, I wasn't an asshole. I wasn't, I didn't cheat on him. It wasn't abusive. And the thing is, you're not in charge of his emotions. And so that's mm. why I mentioned our dad uh, passing away as well. Um, I think we've had to deal with so much um, from mm -hmm. a younger age. And that's also how we, I think we are really emotionally intelligent. So I, mm -hmm. like you just said, um, if he does that, and I know a lot of ladies, maybe someone's listening to this that needs to hear this. If you've broken up with someone and they threaten to commit suicide and now you're back in that relationship because of that threat, you are being really, really stupid. I'm sorry if that's, mm -hmm. but you are not responsible for that person's emotions. So if mm -hmm. you want to emotional, emotionally blackmail you into a relationship and you're dumb enough to fall for that, I mean, then your heartache or, you know, what you're doing to yourself, that, that is on you. But him committing, your ex committing suicide, my ex committing suicide, that's not on me. Like I am mm -hmm. mature enough to deal with my emotions in, a mature way or you know in in the proper way to to release that energy in a healthy way mm -hmm. you know if that makes sense so no not no one is ever responsible for anyone else committing suicide mm -hmm. yeah i agree and um i like that you mentioned <laughs> i like that you mentioned our dad because i feel like it that was a big thing for like my breakup, you know, um, we lost a dad, a, a father. We lost him. We were all pretty young. I was 12. Um, so we know loss, like he's never coming back. Like he mm -hmm. is gone. And that's a whole different kind of grief as opposed to a breakup. Mm. Um, so for me, it was like, and still now it's like, yes, a breakup is bad, but they're not dead. Like it is, like you say, it's not the end of the world. And it's not the worst kind yeah. of pain. Like I think exactly. after our dad died, the one day I was just, I don't know, I still have it in my head. Like there's a lot of things that would happen. Then I would say, you know, but what's happening now? doesn't even compare to what you know we we went through when when our dad passed away um mm -hmm. so i just feel like you know a breakup yes it hurts all the stress with liam and you know his dad yes it hurts and it's tiring but it doesn't even compare to losing a parent mm -hmm. at that young age mm -hmm. i absolutely agree yeah I mean, everything hurts in a way, you know, we, we get affected mm -hmm. by everything, this stuff. I mean, with uh, the breakup with Liam's dad, he went through that whole phase where they kind of blackmailed Liam, you know, emotionally, whatever they did to him. And he would refuse to be with me. And I mean, I would end up crying. You know, Liam, would, Liam would be in bed with me and I would have to like get out of bed for like a whole week straight and just cry in the bathroom at like 12 o'clock at night. And that's a pain, mm -hmm. and, you know, it hurts and it's, it's bad, but then yeah. it's not, I don't want to say it's not the worst thing. Cause it 
it, mm-hmm. it hurts. But yeah, at the end, you know, mm-hmm. you could be saying goodbye to someone for forever. And for yeah. me, that's a little bit, you know, it, it ranks higher. So yes, there are still, mm-hmm. but I think maybe not to compare the level of pain, but I think what we went through at a younger age, like I said earlier, it it helped us mature emotionally. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not saying we're better equipped to handle hurt or pain or whatever emotions, mm-hmm. but I think it definitely helped me to, to deal with yeah. tragedy or drama. Mm-hmm. It's true. Like... <laughs> It sounds bad, but like I've kind of almost lost count of the amount of family members we've lost in the last 15 years now. It's like, I I feel like every year there's like another one. So we're literally close to like having lost 15 family members in 15 years. Yeah. Um, And I think it's really, like you said, emotionally it's matured us a lot. It's like, I don't know about you, but I feel like I can deal with my grief a lot better. Like some people will get like these anger outbursts and, you know, all the different kinds of grief. And I feel like we kind of know how to deal with it, which is sad. It's like, it's like doctors that have to deal with patients dying for their sanity. They have to like Mm. be okay with it. I want to say almost, I feel like we've kind of reached that point. We know how to grieve and how to process mm. the loss and recover from it. Yeah. Um, which is actually pretty sad, I think. <laughs> I don't think if, 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 yeah. if you look from that point of view where you know we've lost so many people that we can deal with grief. It is mm-hmm. but then yeah on the other hand we don't we don't threaten to commit suicide when our hearts get broken. So <laughs> that's true. Mm. And I just want to say that we are not making light of suicide at all. Um, but if you, if you use it as a means of manipulation when it comes to getting back into a relationship, then that's pretty fucked up. And you mm. should definitely not do that. <laughs> that we do not support at all. And we are very much against using that as... Mm. A means of manipulation like i said yeah i'm glad i'm glad you 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 said this um because i think we might get a couple of comments on that um suicide is a very serious thing and if it's due to like a mental health issue or depression or something like that that is obviously not the context that we are discussing mm-hmm. that is another issue entirely and um mm-hmm. as i said we're not making lots of it but from the context of breakups because men and women are guilty of this we want that person in our life so bad we are willing to try every tactic and for some people Mm -hmm. that is threatening to commit suicide because we want to emotionally blackmail that person to being with us so we don't Mm -hmm. condone that that is wrong and that is stupid so don't do that um Mm -hmm. so yeah and also don't fall for that (laughs) don't fall for that you're good 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 point um <laughs> yeah so i'm I'm glad lona mentioned that mm-hmm. yeah so that's our breakup stories um i think we've gone on 
quite a quite a bit of a, a quite a bit of time on our breakups. So I think at this point we definitely invite you all to share your horror breakup stories. I always feel it helps to share um, your experience with people to know that you know you're not the only person going through a bad breakup or you're not the only person being manipulated into staying in a relationship because of xyz reason um so yeah always please feel shared please feel free to share um your own breakup stories with us maybe it's really funny or maybe it's really sad and whatever it is we we'd love to hear from you guys um we love when you get involved in our conversations and our discussions and share your opinions so please over on all our socials go ahead and private message us or if you have a really funny story share it on our facebook group so that we can all laugh at it um <laughs> yeah we, we really want to hear from you <laughs> yeah, and like elena said um if you don't want to publicly admit to it uh, feel free to send us um, a private message we've gotten quite a few and um, it's nice to get some feedback and uh, to know that what we discuss is something that a lot of women can relate to um, it keeps us going to, you know, to know that we're not the only ones. Because <laughs> maybe we yeah, just and we have like the worst luck, but I don't think we are. I think a lot of women struggle with it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay, ladies. So I think now that uh, we've relived all our past traumas and bad hookups and breakups, I think we can call it a night. Um, thank you for sticking around till the end to listen to us bitch about bad breakups and boyfriends and all of that. Um, we do encourage you to reach out, talk to us. Um, but for now, thank you for listening and we'll see you. Well, we'll speak to you in the next episode. Thank you for tuning in. Bye ladies. Bye.